Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Well, good morning, Soul City Church. How are you this weekend? How are we doing? I have zero confidence in how you're doing this weekend. I mean, honestly, we can all just go home if you want, but how are you doing this weekend, Soul City? Awesome. Okay, that's a little better. For those of you who are gathered here uh, in our physical space, it's so good to see half of your faces. It's so good to be together. For those of you who are worshiping with us online right now, we're so glad that you carved out this time to connect with God. Uh, And uh, really, if you're new around here, maybe someone brought you for the first time, or maybe, maybe you're just kind of like tuning in with us for the very first time. I just want to let you know who we are and what we're about. My name is Jared. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City Church, and our, we're just a, a local church with a global vision and a simple mission. We want to help lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We want people to know and to grow in a relationship with uh, Jesus, and that's why we're going to be getting after what we're getting after uh, this weekend. So if you are in this physical space right now, and if you are actually online, you can type this in. I want you to turn to the person next to you or put this in the comments and just say, we about to get into it, all right? So turn to the person next to you and say, we about to get into it. You can type in the comments, we about to get into it. If you're ready to get into it, we about to get into it right now, because we're going to talk about something we don't talk about enough. We're going to do something we don't do enough as people, and we wanted to um, create space for that. This is something I've actually been thinking about and, and prayed about, honestly, since I think back in the fall, I had this thought of what if we could do this together. This weekend, we want to provide some sacred space uh, for us to do something we all need to do, perhaps more than maybe we even know how much we need to do it. We want to create some space for us to grieve, for us to breathe, to just let our hearts breathe, to let our souls cry out to let long overdue tears fall if need be. We want to create a space for all that was lost uh, this last year. Now, I know what you're already thinking here in this room and with us online. When I say that we're going to spend some time talking about and experiencing grief this weekend, I know what you're thinking. Yes, grief is my favorite. I mean, other than talking about sin on Sunday, I like to talk about grief. These are the things I could choose. Sin, grief, sin, grief. I don't know. They're both so great. I know that's what you're thinking. I know no one gets excited when we talk about grief, but we have to talk about it because we have to do it. We have to incorporate it into our everyday life with God. And let's just be honest, we live in a culture that does not know how to handle or hold grief. And yet here we are. Here we are, this moment, right now, having experienced more grief in this last year maybe than we even thought possible or uh, imaginable. And so what we want to do is help you know what to do with that, create some space for you to do something with that. Now, I want to offer just a few thoughts on grief before we do what we're going to do together this weekend. So just so we're all on the same page when it comes to understanding what we're talking about when we talk about grief, the most simple and basic definition to understand what grief uh, is, is grief is the natural response to loss in life. Grief is the natural response to loss in life, to any loss, to any significant loss in our lives. And I would say all of us have lost something at some point in our lives. And if you're maybe like, I don't know, my life's been pretty great, just buckle up. We all lose something. We all walk through it. And so what grief is, is grief is the natural response 
to what we lose, our losses in life. And I would say that is what, what is unique about this moment where we're at in history is that we're at this historically unique global sense of grief that has never before happened. It's not to say that there haven't been pandemics, plagues in our world. It's not to say that there haven't been global events. It's just that with this one over this last year, we are far more connected than we have ever been at any point in human history. And we are all going through the same thing simultaneously. The world is experiencing loss right now. And that's actually significant. It can be the loss of people we love. And many of us, in fact, we could go around this room and go in the comments online, have lost someone that we love this last year. We've lost someone that was meaningful or significant to us. But it's not just the people that we've lost. There's also more that we've actually lost. We have lost things that we love. We have lost moments and memories that we had planned. We've lost dreams that we had. There are many of us who've lost graduations. There are those of us who lost uh, birthday parties. Those are those of us who have lost jobs. Those are those of us who have lost friends, who have lost relationships. We are walking through a significant season of grief together. And so that's why we want to spend some time unpacking that together as a church, creating space for us to actually unpack that as a church. With so much significant loss in this last season, we're all feeling it in, do, in new ways, in fresh ways. In fact, maybe your grief or your loss was compounded this last year because there was old grief that you thought you'd already dealt with in the past that got resurfaced with new grief this last year. Anyone feel that? Things you thought like, no, I, th I thought I worked through that, but in the face of new grief, old grief comes back to the surface, doesn't it? Our grief is compounded because lots of times we, we find that things that we used to do that we didn't even think twice about are now take twice as much energy and twice as much thought. Even in writing this message this weekend, it took me twice as much energy to get it through because of the grief that I'm holding and walking through. And on top of all of that, we've lost the ability, we've lost the space to do things that we need to do when it comes to grief. This last year, we lost the ability to gather together to grieve. That is more significant than I think we realize. That is far more significant than I think we realize. That thing that, those things that we do that we just kind of know to do because they're rituals, you know, to gather together for memorial service, for a home going, to, to eat, to, to drink, to tell stories, to laugh, to cry, to be able to hug, to hold each other. We lost that this last year. To be able to order funeral wreaths. I mean, for God's sakes, when you see funeral wreaths at the front of a room, you know it's about to be a funeral up in here. Where else do you get funeral? Where else do you get these floral wreaths for? It's not a lot of these at quinceañeras. They're, they're, this is like, when you see this wreath of flowers, you're looking for the poster board with the pictures on it, right? Why? Because our soul knows those rituals. We need those rituals. Those, they're like cues to our soul. They're like mile markers for grief. And we lost that this last year. We lost not only people and things and dreams, we lost even the way that we process and grieve them. I know this for me personally. Having lost both my brother Scott and my dad this last year, we had to do a combined virtual memorial service. And many of you have attended or hosted memor virtual memorial services this last year. And, you know, we did the best we could with what we could do, but we couldn't be together. And, and I don't know about you, but for me, their loss feels like it has an ellipsis at the end of it. It's like dot, dot, dot. It just doesn't feel, because we didn't get to do 
the things that we do. So whatever it is that we've lost, whether, again, it's people, it's jobs, it's friends, it's dreams, I think the question that all of us have to ask ourselves is, like, what do we do? Where do you go with your grief? Where do you go with your grief? Where, 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 where do you go? Where do you actually take it to? Where do you go with your grief? And I guess I could ask that question a couple different ways. Where do you go with your grief? Where do you go? Where are you supposed to go? What are you supposed to do with grief? What are you, how, how are you supposed to process? These are big and important spiritual conversations, especially coming out of this last year, because what I believe is grief is not just a natural response to loss. I personally have become convinced that grief is actually also a supernatural invitation, that it can have a powerful effect on your faith. It can change and shape your faith. Grief is just one of those few things in life that has the power to either grow your faith up or blow your faith up. It can either grow your faith up or blow your faith up. And maybe you've seen this in your own life. Maybe you've seen this in the lives of people who are in your life, how loss, you know, the loss of someone or something can deepen someone's dependence on God. Have you ever experienced that after a significant loss? It's like, no, 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 no. I'm going all in. I'm back to God. Like God's all I got. And you've seen people like have like almost spiritual awakenings or revivals in their life after loss. That's, that can happen. Grief can do that. And at the same time, loss can cause you to question the goodness of God, the character of God, the existence of God. Rather than expanding or opening your heart to God, grief has caused you to turn your back on God. I get it. We're all over the map when it comes to grief. But the thing that is consistent and is true for all of us is that in grief, you, just, you will not be the same. Whatever the loss, you just cannot be the same after that loss. I love the way that C.S. Lewis, who's an author and you know, kind of theologian and writer, put it years and years ago while walking through his own like, significant loss in his own life. He said this. He said, in grief... Nothing stays put. In grief, nothing stays put. Anyone ever feel that before? It just feels like everything just feels disoriented. No matter how hard you try, it just isn't the same as it once was. You can try and, and pretend and go back to what it once was, but nothing stays put in, in grief. Think of it this way. Like, um, you ever been, you've been driving before and you have your GPS on, on your phone and all of a sudden it reroutes? You ever been rerouted before? And like, it's the route that you normally go to work or to school or to a friend's or whatever. And all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 get off at this exit. And then you get off at that exit. You're like, I don't know where I am. I've never been in this neighborhood before. I've never been on this street before. And all of a sudden you've been rerouted and it's taking you some other way because it, it knows that old way just isn't available to you. It's not going to be of service to you anymore. Well, well, imagine like, imagine if your GPS said, not only can you no longer use 290 today, you can use 290. Like you can't use it for the rest of your life. You are no longer allowed to go back home on 290. Now, some of you are like, praise Jesus. <laughs> now, for those, listen, I need to understand some context. For those of you who don't live in Chicago, 290 is a, a freeway here that was actually designed by the devil himself. <laughs> it is a portal to hell. It literally is a portal to hell. If you stay on it long enough, it's a, that's why people always get off, because it takes you straight to hell. Anyway, the point is, Imagine being rerouted and never being able to use that road again. And so you can't get back home the way you used to get back home, or you can't get to work the way you used to get to work. You can't go out the way you used to. That's what grief's like. It's like, I'm sorry, but you just can't go that way anymore. What grief does is it, it places a fork 
in the middle of the road that your life was on. And he says, nope. You just, that's just, you gotta choose. And which way you go is entirely up to you. You actually get to choose which way you go. And again, I've, I've seen people's lives take all kinds of reroutes when it comes to grief. They try and route their way around grief or some people try and just avoid it altogether. Some people embrace it. Some people avoid it. Some people stay stuck in it. But one thing is for certain, you just can't continue going the way that you were going. The road of the life that you once knew is just no longer available to you. And I'm so sorry. I wish it wasn't that way, but it's just not available to you anymore. This is what grief does. It reroutes us. It redirects. It reworks things in our life. Lewis was right. Nothing stays put. In grief, nothing stays put. And I think there's an invitation for, for all of us to, to really embrace grief and to see grief as sort of maybe this invitation to grow up our faith. If we actually welcome it, if we actually honor it, it's, it's true. It can. I know you may be thinking the, the floral reefs were weird enough, but now there's a beach ball on stage. And I don't know if you've ever been in a room with funeral floral reefs and a beach ball. If so, you were at a great home going. That's all I can say. Something you were in the right room. But but what do I, why do I have a, a beach ball? Because here's what happens when we don't welcome grief. Here's what happens when we don't honor grief. Here's what happens when we try and avoid grief. Do you know what it's like? Have you ever had a beach ball and you're in the pool or you're in the lake and you try and shove the ball underwater? You ever try and do that before? And it's like, you want, like this thing literally weighs negative pounds right now. Like this is nothing. But then you put it underwater and it feels like it weighs 400 pounds and you're trying to push it underwater or maybe you're brave enough to try and sit on it, you know? And so you're trying to sit on because you look totally cool doing that. And so you're, you're trying to do that. And then what inevitably what's going to happen, the harder and the longer you push the beach ball underwater, what's going to happen? It's going to shoot out sideways, right? And it usually goes like that crazy, like, and it comes out some other way other than the way that you were trying to, to push it down. That's what grief's like. When you try and push it down, when you try and ignore it, when you try and push past it, undealt with or, or unprocessed or unwelcomed grief, can come out as deep, sustained depression. It can shoot out as fear and manifest itself in fear if it's unattended to, fear of commitment, fear to love again, fear to trust again, fear to dream again. Think of it this way, grief not taken to God will be taken out on others. And it will be taken out on you. Grief not taken to God. God, I don't know what to do. This is bigger than I thought I could handle. But when it's not taken to God, it's going to be taken out. You're going to take it out on others. And you're going to take it out on yourself. I've just seen it over and over and over. It will come out sideways. It will come out and up in ways that you simply just cannot predict or control. Grief not taken to God, not processed with the help of others, especially professional therapists or counselors, here's, the, here's what happens. It only gets bigger, it doesn't get smaller. That's not how it works. It doesn't get smaller if you ignore it. It gets, it gets bigger and it gets taken out in all kinds of unforeseen ways. So there has to be a better strategy than just trying to shove it down and move on with our life. There has to be something better than that. I love the way that Father Richard Rohr says it. He always says it better than anything I could ever say. But he says it this way. He says, if we do not transform our pain, or I could say our loss or our grief, if we do not transform our pain, we will most assuredly transmit it. 
If we don't transform our pain, be, be changed. That's what we're talking about as a church. That's what we're about. Be changed by our loss, our grief, our pain. Then we're going to transmit it. We're going to broadcast it. We're going to shoot it out in all kinds of other directions, on all kinds of people, especially, most especially, ourselves. This is why you just, you can't just go on, especially after this last year. You can't just sort of like, well, it looks like soon we'll be able to take our masks off. I guess that year's over. No, we've been through something incredibly significant. But if you're willing, if you're actually willing to walk the new path carved out by grief, there is, I believe, comfort in knowing that you don't have to walk it alone. God actually wants to walk that path with you. In fact, he will carry you through those parts of the valley of the shadow of death that seem too great for you to walk through on your own. He's actually willing to carry you when your will is waning and when your hope is all but gone. He wants to lead you, actually, to places where the old road of your life just simply could not, it just could not take you. So again, back to the question that we asked just a little bit ago, where do you go with your grief? I know you're going to be shocked to hear a pastor say this in church, but I want you to at least just consider the possibility of where can you go with your grief? You can go to God. You can go to God. You can go to God with your grief. This is what we see David and so many other writers that contribute to the book of Psalms and the Bible. This is what they so often do. If you ever read through the book of Psalms, you see they just unapologetically go to God with their pain, with their grief, with their loss. They don't hold back. They just bring it all to God. And so should we. That's the invitation for each and every one of us, to bring it all to God because he can handle it. In fact, he invites you to do just that. And and I want to show you what I mean by that. I want to read to you a portion of Psalm 77. And we're going to put it up on the screen. You don't even need to open a Bible or or, or turn there. I think actually uh, it's better if you just let me read this prayer, because that's what this is. It's a prayer. Let me read this over you. I'm not going to like break it down and talk about the original language. I just want to read this over you and see if it doesn't resonate with you as an example of the invitation that God gives us to bring it all to him, to bring all of our loss and our pain and our grief to him and maybe model to you today how you can begin to do that as well. This is coming from Psalm 77 and it says this uh, and see if you don't resonate. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. Just quick show of hands. Anyone ever felt that way in prayer before with God before? I think every hand is going up in the room in the comments saying, oh God, where, if you just listen to me, why can't you even Hear me, when I was deep in trouble, I searched for the Lord all night long. I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. Look at this honesty. I think of God and I moan. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. God, would you just rescue me from this? Would you spare me from this? The psalmist goes on. You don't let me sleep. I mean, God, I can't even sleep anymore. I'm just too distressed even to pray. I think of the good, this is, this is good. I think of the good old days. I think of the good old days long since ended. Just again, quick show of hands. How many of y'all thinking that 2019 is looking pretty good right about now? Like it may have been at that point, you may have complained all 2019. This is the worst year ever. This is the worst job. My taxes have paid more for my life. My job sucks. In 2019, 2019 looks great after 2020, doesn't it? Right? And so lots of times with God in our prayer, we go, oh, I just wish it was like it used to be. Remember, 
That road's not available to you anymore. That's what the psalmist is getting at. I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and I ponder the difference now. What has changed? It's grief. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Has he rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises, let's just pause right here on the slide. Have his promises permanently failed? Anyone ever gotten to this point with God before? Yeah, I have. God, where are you? Is this it? Is this it? Is this all there is, God? Is this all that's, that's left? Well, this psalmist actually continues to just kind of keep pushing in and keep pushing in and keep pushing in. Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And they reflect in the middle of this prayer and they say, I guess this is it. This is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. God is doing this to me. And this is a very important point in prayer because this is that little fork in the road where your faith can either blow up or grow up. And I want you to see what the psalmist says next. But. But. Feeling all the feels. Bringing it all to God. Laying it all out on the table. But getting to that point where you can say with God, but. But. That's not all. That's not the end of the story. But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago, even if it doesn't seem like they're of late, even if they're of long ago. No, I remember you are good. You are faithful. It may not seem like it, it may not feel like it in this current circumstance, in this current loss, but no, I remember, I remember you are good. You are faithful. You are constantly, these thoughts are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. They go on to continue to say, oh God, your name, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations by your strong arm. You redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph, and they go on and on and on. We're just going to pause right here because the most important part just happened. It's that turn. But God, but, 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 but I know, I know all of this, but God, how can I forget that you have been faithful to me? That this season isn't the only season of my life. This isn't the last season of my life. Your faithfulness, God, is on display. And I know it doesn't feel like it. I know it doesn't seem like it. But, 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 God, I recall. I recall. See how honest that is. See, here's what we find if we're willing to do it. By bringing it all to God, guess what happens? It brings you back to God. By bringing it all to God, it brings you back to God. And so many of us think, well, I just have to stuff it down. I just have to shove it away. I just have to ignore it. I got to be productive at work. I got to keep moving. I mean, the kids are still in the house, by the way. I got to keep, no, 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 bring it all to God. 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 Because what happens? It brings you back to God. It brings you back to God. It brings you back to God. And you remember, you are good. You are faithful. I can count on you. I can trust you. Where can you go with your grief? You can go to God. You can go to God. He can handle it. In fact, he's waiting for you there. Where else can you go with your grief? Well, I would contend, I would suggest that one of the best places for you to go is to go to others. You can go 
to others. In fact, I would say you must go to others. Grief is not a thing that's meant to be carried alone. It's just too great a burden and too precious a thing to be carried all by yourself. You are not meant to grieve alone. That's why this last year has felt like a compounded loss, because we have not been able to be together, to hold each other in our grief and to hold each other's grief. So who can you go to? Maybe even as I'm talking right now, some names are starting to form in your head. Who is it that shares your grief, your loss with? Who are you that honest, that real? Like we just read in Psalm 77, who can you be that honest and that real with? Well, I would recommend that one of the best places is a professional therapist or counselor. They've been invaluable to me throughout several seasons of loss and grief in my life. And here's the deal. You have to pay them to listen. It's odd. They're not going to be on their phone. They're not going to be like tweeting what you just said, like they're just, you get to pay them to be present with you. What a great deal. (laughs) And they're trained to help you walk through your grief and loss and you need it. We all need it. Every one of us needs it and it's available. So I'd say that, trained professional therapist, counselor. And in fact, at the end of the service, we want to offer you a next step, a little homework that you can do to take that step of healing in your life. The next I would recommend would be a grief support group. I remember when Jean's dad, Bill, died, her mom and her and I were part of a grief support group when Jean's brother died, Andy, almost two years ago, back into a grief support group. We offer several grief support groups. It's a great place for us to come together with others to go with our grief with them. It can be incredibly helpful. A spiritual director, someone that can help you kind of navigate how to get to God, how to bring it all to God, to be brought back into God. That is awesome. I would say a friend. Are there some trusted friends that you can actually bring this to? Now, I just feel like I have to give a quick caveat on that, and I just need to say this, and maybe someone who agrees might say amen. All friends are not created equal. Okay? Listen, listen. They're equal in the eyes of the Lord, but that does not mean that they can handle or hold your grief with you. Some folks are good for just watching basketball with. We bless them. Have some wings. You're great. But do you have some people in your life where you can say, no, 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 I need you to see the whole thing. And I need you to hold me. I need to borrow your faith right now. I I can't on my own. Who do you have? I know you, I bet you have at least one, maybe two, three. Maybe the folks you've met here through Soul City Church. I think of my buddy Chitwood, Michael Chitwood. He's gone through significant loss in his life. And he lost his mom right around the same time I lost my dad. And as we were navigating how to do memorial services and lead those together, we just began to connect on a deeper level through our grief and loss. I reached out to him and said, can we just get together and talk? And so we got together this last week to have coffee together and we're sitting there talking and there's just something about those people in your life where you don't have to translate, you know, you can just get right into it. And, and we found our conversation navigating between, oh man, it's just really hard. And for him, you know, Mother's Day was coming up. He's like, I, this just feels so heavy and so intense for me. This is my first Mother's Day without my mom. And I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about it all the time. I found this picture of my dad the other day. And then like within 30 seconds, we were talking about the greatest uh, wrestlers from 2001. Um, and I'm not kidding. That's a real conversation because my son Elijah and I are walking through a whole year of WWF from the year 2001 uh, right now together. And so and then we were talking about that. And then and it was back to kind of loss and what we lost work-wise this last year. And you can, we just need people that can hold it with us. You need some people to hold it with you. You're never meant to go it alone. Can you hear me say that to you? And can I just say this is not in my notes part. 
Can we be the kind of church that offers that for each other? That doesn't do what the rest of the world does and says, can you just hurry up and get over this grief? But we're willing to just be with each other. And if someone wants to cry their whole way through service, you're not freaking out. You're not trying to fix them. And if someone's feeling awesome and wonderful, you celebrate with them. We hold each other as we hold each other's grief. That's the kind of church we want to be for each other. So we go to God, we go to others. And the last place I want to offer you, and then I want to create this space for us to do what we've been planning to do. And it's maybe the last place in the world you thought possible in the midst of whatever grief you're carrying is you go forward. You can go forward. You, listen to me, can go forward. You can. I know it doesn't feel like it in the moment. I know it feels, maybe for some of us, not all of us, but for some of us, it feels so overwhelming right now. You feel so just, you feel like you're buried alive under grief and loss. And you're just trying to make it through each day. I want you to hear me say this. You can, by the power of God, and you go forward. There's this myth that we have in our culture right now that grief is something you get through. That you're just supposed to get through grief. This is simply not true. You don't get through grief. We get through winter around here, okay? That's something you get through. You get through a season of The Bachelor and God help you if you did, right? You, those are things you get through. That's not actually how it works with grief. The way it works with grief is that you actually go forward with. You go forward with. And what you begin to find is that the grief that was so big and so overwhelming and such a huge thing in front of you Define so much of your life, thankfully, over time, as you take it to God and you take it to others, it doesn't feel as demanding. It doesn't feel as deafening. It doesn't feel as debilitating. And you begin to see that the goal is to not get out of it, but to go with it, to carry it with you as a part of it. It's a part of your life. Just like the thing, listen to me, just like the thing that you lost was a part of your life, the loss of that thing will be a part of your life. Does that make sense? Just like the thing that you lost was a part of your life, the loss of that thing, that person, will forever be a part of your life. You don't get through it and get over it. You go forward with it. Now, full disclosure, this is a way bigger beach ball than I thought I would be using this weekend. <laughs> I really had this whole visual of it being like deflated and but my hand is starting to cramp right now. This might, we might be here another two hours for me to make this illustration. So can we just all pretend like it worked perfectly and that you got it and you said, oh my God, I can't believe he did the beach ball thing. But isn't this actually like grief too? It doesn't go as scheduled. And some days it feels lighter. Some days it feels heavier. Some days it feels manageable. Some days it feels overwhelming. This, this is why it's so important for each and every one of us to not only go to God and to go to others, but to, to, to know that you can go forward with grief, with it as a part of you, as a part of your story. Many of you may have noticed the, there's a, this ring that I wear, and I know it's really hard to see because it's very subtle. <laughs> it's really like you blink and you'll, 
you'll miss it. But let me just give you maybe a better illustration than the never deflating beach ball. This ring was my dad's ring. And he wore it every day. He He wasn't like a jewelry guy, but he wore this ring and his wedding ring every day. It was actually a gift given to my dad by my grandfather who had hired these Navajo artisans to create this beautiful turquoise ring for my dad. And he gave it to my dad as a gift some 50 years ago before I ever even came into the world. And everyone knew my dad by this ring, this ring. It was like his calling card. In fact, when I was younger, he, um, my dad taught Sunday school at the church that we were a part of, and I should just be very clear, he should not have been teaching Sunday school. He was not qualified to teach the Bible or children um, at that stage in his life. Later, yes, but not then. And there are stories and people who are still recovering from any time a kid would act up in Sunday school, no kidding, my dad would bop them on the head with this very ring. And I realize as I tell the story out loud that it doesn't hold well. That story does not hold well in our current cultural moment. Probably shouldn't have done that. But this is him. You know, you can see the ring right there. That's Gigi when she was born. And this was like his calling card, you know, like people knew my dad by this ring. And so after my dad died, when my mom gave this to me, I was so honored I was so incredibly honored. It's all I wanted. And my parents were very clear there would be no inheritance. So just that I got something, <laughs> they were clear my whole life. Like when they could have made a difference about it, they still told me there, but I got, <laughs> but this is all I wanted. You know, and there's not a day that goes by that I don't like play with it or or put it on, or bop one of our staff members on the head. (laughs) That I don't think of him, you know? And his life and his loss are now a a part of my story. You know, they're a part of me now. His life and his loss are a part of my story. And, And that's kind of what, that's sort of what it means to go forward, is that we don't get through it or get over it. We go with it. And we get to be reminded of the things that we love, the people that we love, and and the pain and the sadness that comes from losing those things. Especially for those of us who maybe are walking through some fresh grief right now and some fresh pain and loss, maybe even trauma in your life. I know it may seem impossible for you to think that, that you can go forward. I just want you to hear me say, as best I can from the heart of God, you can go forward. You can, you can, you can. So where do you go with grief? You go to God. You go to others and you go forward. You move forward each day as best you can. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this message, you know, I had this thought and this vision. I remember sharing it with Jeannie like, man, wouldn't it be cool if we could do when the time's right and we, who even knew when the time was going to be right at that point, if we could create some sacred space for us to have a kind of a memorial, a homegoing service for all the people and all the things that we lost. What if we could kind of turn Soul City into that here in this room and, and, and virtually online with our global church as well? And so what we want to do right now is actually create that space for you to, to name and, and to honor what was lost, who was lost this last year, to have a space to be able to actually go to God together so that we can go forward together with our grief. And we want to do that in a really creative way. Um, We want to do it in a way that kind of unites our global church and our local church that we can all be together as best we can in this now moment. 
So we're going to create in a moment sort of a living wall, a memorial wall of the things that, that we lost, the people that we lost. And I think it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful moment for us to, to share and to carry all that together. And so for those of you who are part of our global church right now, there should be right in the description. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, you can click the link right in the description. It's going to send you to a place where you can write out your name and then what it is that you lost or who it is that you lost. There, there's even a way to attach a picture. So if you have one in your phone or wherever you're watching, you can attach that as well. And for those of you who are here in, in this physical space in our local church, why don't you grab your phone and pull it out real quick. And here's all you have to do. And we're going to give you space to do it. We're not going to rush you to do it. You, you just simply go to 31996. You're going to text in. You're just going to do a simple little text to 31996. And then you're going to put in SCC space. Remember. So you have to do it just like that. SCC space. Remember, 31996. Well, let's keep, we'll keep that up on the screen for you for just a little bit. SCC space, remember it. That'll send you a link. And you can do the same thing that our global church is doing right now. You can begin to fill out your name. And then what's something that you lost? And again, it may be the names of some people you lost for me, my brother Scott, my dad, this last year. But there's more. We lost friends that we love that moved away that were a part of this church. We've lost people beyond our immediate family that we love to COVID. We've lost um, our son's eighth grade graduation. He didn't get to have his graduation. And you may think, well, that's such a small thing. Well, it's still a thing that we're grieving. It's a thing that we're carrying with us. I want to bring it all to God so it keeps bringing me back to God and to remember that he is good. And we want to hold a sacred space for you to do that. We want everyone to be able to participate. So you can just text in right now or use the link if you're with us online. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a little homegoing service here at Soul City. We're going to have some music, some special music. You know, you always have that at funerals. There's a special music. We're going to have some special music while you're filling that out right now. And if you want to do it a couple times, just like hit back and do it again. Hit back and do it again. You can do that. In a little bit, Pastor Brandon's going to give us a eulogy. Beautiful, powerful eulogy for all the things that we lost. And then we're going to, we're going to worship. We're going to sing together. We're going to declare that God actually is good that we can rely on, we can count on his faithfulness and we're committing together to go forward, together to go forward with God as we all hold and carry our own unique grief. So I'm gonna pray for you and while I'm praying, you can keep texting. I don't, I don't feel offended. I, I won't be offended if you're texting your thing and in a minute you're gonna see it start to fill and flood the wall behind me. Powerful way for us to be reminded of what we've lost and to bring it all to God. But let me just pray for us right now and then we'll hear this beautiful song and sing it along if you want. And then we'll worship together. God, thank you for the fact that you are faithful. You are a God who is familiar with loss. You're familiar with our loss. And God, we live in a world that's been broken by sin and, and death and sickness and loss. And yet it has not overcome you. There is nothing in this world, no loss in our life that is greater than you. And so would you help us, God, today to do what we need to do, to bring it all to you so that we can actually be brought back to you. That's our hope. That's our heart. That's our prayer. God, would you just, would you use, for each of us, we're all in so many different places right now. I'm just trusting your Holy Spirit to speak, to move, to help those of us who need to cry, to cry for those of us who need to smile, to smile for those of us who need to put an arm around someone to do so. We're going to trust that your spirit's going to help us know what to do in this moment and that this moment would be significant, that we would be able to mark it and then begin to move forward with you. 
and the grief that we're all carrying. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, hello, Soul City Online family. I hope that you were encouraged by today's message. I'm Jeannie, I'm one of the lead pastors at Soul City, and if this is your first time joining us online, we'd love to connect with you and share some ways for you to get involved with us online via classes, maybe joining an online group, or, or letting us pray for you. All you have to do is click the connect button on your screen and we'll help you find your next step. We look forward to getting to know you more. And if you haven't yet, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be in the know of all that God is doing at Soul City. And maybe take a second to share this message with a friend who needs to hear it. At Soul City, our mission is to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. That's what we're all about. And if you wanna be a part of this mission by investing in what God is doing, you can just click the give button on the screen. So we just wanna say thank you so much. We love you, we're so grateful for you, and we're praying for you.